Catechesis, catechesis, catechesis. That is my battle cry, and that is today's topic. We have an interview with Pastor Ken Benkin, producer of Resources for Lutheran Pastors. Pastor Benkin has an excellent catechesis resource available, as well as sermons and unique liturgies, and our tech tip and suggestion of the week also relate to catechesis. Also, one bit of housekeeping. I'd like some input from all the saints who are listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this on iTunes or other software or hardware that displays album art, you'll note that the logo is different this week. I'd like your feedback. Which Lutheran Weekly graphic do you like better, the old one or the new one? Pop over to lcmspastor.com forum and cast your vote. A pastor has many tasks on any given day. Counselor, teacher, preacher, seemingly most of all, writer. Pastors write about 60 sermons each year, not counting weddings and funerals. Multiply that over a career and you have thousands. Add all the Bible studies and other writings the pastors need to write and you end up with an extensive bibliography. Pastor Ken Benkin is one such pastor who has decided to make some of his favorite resources from his pen available to others. He distributes them through his website, Resources for Lutheran Pastors. Ken, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So what motivated you to produce this resource? Well, the the latter part of my ministry was in the 60s and 70s, and uh, it was the time of innovation in the life of the church, and uh, it influenced me too. Uh, I did a lot of my own Bible studies and uh, incorporated worship innovations and uh, got into my business as retirement approached and people encouraged me to make these available to others. Uh, my business has just sort of grown naturally. Uh, if you offer one thing, you can offer two things sure. just as well and, and it just grew so that uh, I have my present offerings. Hmm. It occupied me and uh, from what I hear from people who have used my material, it has helped some. So that that's the reason for my operating resources. Okay, why don't you tell us about some of the resources you have available? Okay, I got into it <clears throat> largely with Bible studies. A basic Bible study that I began, I call Longer Look at the Lessons. Uh, it deals with the Holy Gospel as the the lesson that gives us the theme for the day. It uh, looks at the Old Testament lesson and sees how it relates to the Gospel because they were chosen to amplify the Gospel. And then gets into the Epistle, which doesn't always have a, a definite relationship. But I developed these and uh, approached it largely by giving background material but then asking questions and asking the students to do some thinking about it. Uh, I think I developed thoughtful questions rather than just, you know, what does the Bible say in this instance? Sure. Uh, there, the old tradition is what does it say, what does it mean, what does it mean to me? Well, I think I stressed what does it mean and what does it mean to me and the church. With that material, I always included what I call thoughts for the leader. And lay teachers who have used this uh, tell me that uh, this has been very helpful because I answer every question that is asked 
and expand on it and uh, refer to scriptures to relate to that. And my aim always was just to make people think and uh, explore and, and apply. Right. Uh, the, the Bible studies then grew into offerings of studies of New Testament books. And it finally reached the point where I offer almost every one of the New Testament books as a separate study, too. Oh, that's great. So yeah. that's the Bible studies. Okay. And what else do you have? Okay. Uh, worship services. Uh, the last 15 to 20 years of my ministry was the time of innovation and when churches began to print out their services, uh, it made it convenient for the worshiper, convenient for the leader, the pastor, mm -hmm. and allowed innovations because you could bring other things into it. I uh, resisted going whole hog into contemporary structures. Mm -hmm. uh, my services always had a liturgical structure. But I incorporated responsive readings, um, many of them scripture-based, taking some liberties to turn that responsive reading of scripture into a conversation between the pastor and the people or between groups in the, among the people. Interesting. Uh, this especially turned out to be true in regard to the confessions and absolution. Uh, the things that I developed were not just general statements like in uh, in the hymnal. Mm -hmm. uh, I keyed in on the lessons phraseology so that a specific theme was developed and uh, tried to address that in the uh, confessions. Uh, for example, Sunday is going to be All Saints Sunday, mm -hmm. and uh, the gospel for the day is the Beatitude. And in this little conversation that is the confession and absolution, the people say, Most merciful God, we confess that we are often proud instead of poor in spirit, apathetic about sin instead of mourning over our sin. Self-seeking instead of meek. We are often self-satisfied instead of hungry for righteousness. Spiteful instead of merciful. Attracted by sin instead of being pure in heart. Often we are antagonistic instead of being peacemakers. We sidestep opportunities for witnessing to you instead of standing up and being counted. Forgive us, Father. Work the renewal in us that only you can do, so we may display the qualities you desire in us, and thus know your full blessing as disciples of Jesus. That's, that's a sample of what I tried to do, of incorporating phrases from the lessons in the confessions and in the absolutions and in the responsive prayers and, and such. See a very specific law. Pardon? See a very specific law. With the, yes, uh, right. Uh, not just a general Confession. statement that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed mm -hmm. uh, by what we do and by what we don't do, but uh, relating the confession of sins to what the lessons are talking about. Sure, because, it really unifies the service. 
we can all relate to that very readily. Mm-hmm. Out of that, I developed what I call traditional services with a difference. And I offer that as one of the things that I, in, in resources. Okay. I don't believe we improve things by rewriting the creeds or the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. So I incorporate those always. And songs of the liturgy, uh, I resisted going to what I call campfire songs. Okay. And I incorporate the dignified songs of the liturgy. Okay. So and these are still very people, traditional. Yeah, uh, they are traditional services, but with the difference of more, more participation by the congregation, uh, in readings and in prayers and so on. Okay. Right. Services also, developed for seasonal series of uh, services and sermons for Advent and Lent. And those are part of my offerings now. So if anyone's looking for, uh, as with Advent coming up real soon, yes, um, have yeah. resources available for that. Right, yeah. Okay. You have lots of other stuff. Okay, I have sermon series. During the last years of my ministry, I got away quite often from just uh, preaching pericopic texts Mm -hmm. and uh, began to develop sermon series. Uh, Some are seasonal, some are uh, topical, like uh, about prayer and about the commandments and about the creed and, and things like that. And others are expository, where I studied books uh, sermonically with mm-hmm. the congregation, and these I offer to pe- to pastors. I found that series often sustain interest in a congregation from week to week if, if you can play on the, the general theme and uh, develop the different parts of that theme. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard, uh, and I haven't done series personally uh, except for. Advent, Lent, that sort of thing, but um, I have heard comments from other people who have attended other uh, congregations and have really enjoyed the uh, the series and, and enjoyed the uh, sort of consistent follow through with from week to week and yeah. uh, building on the previous week. In the evangelical churches where they don't really follow the pericopic system, series are are very, very common. Mm-hmm. They call them life-related because they you know, develop ten ways to improve your marriage or something sure. like that. Uh, I don't think mine go to that extent, but uh, that's sort of the idea of a series. Okay. My gift, I think, is what I call analysis and synthesis. I can look at a lot of material and draw things from it and then put it together in logical progression of sentences and in in paragraph form. Hmm. Uh, and yet it's not uh, not unusual. It, it's sort of normal conversation type of uh, language. One pastor told me, your ser- sermons are more... Well, more me, and uh, that's what I aim to do. Let them uh, have material that they can relate to and make their own 
finally. Sure. The best thing I think I offer is the adult instruction course that I developed that I call God's Word to You. Uh, teaching adults was always favorite part of my ministry. Last part of my ministry, I ministered in what uh, we called the turnoff time, where uh, sociological factors entered in and uh, being part of the church wasn't quite as important to a lot of people. Uh, I ministered in Marin County, marvelous Marin, uh, very sophisticated uh, community where only like 12% of the people are part of a church. Wow. So I found that it was difficult to get people to agree to come to the church and go to a class and, stu- and uh, study about the church and the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so during those years, I would approach individuals or couples and say, uh, I'll be glad to come to your house and study with you. And uh, I did that quite a bit. It took a lot of time. Sure. But uh, the individuals and couples that I studied with, uh, I developed a, a pastoral relationship with them right away. And it was very helpful then. Uh, it was during those years I developed God's work to you. And I think I organized it a little different, uh, surely different from the catechism. Uh, I started out with studies about sin and grace, not just the Ten Commandments, but sin. As the Bible teaches what sin is, original sin, actual sin, and so on. Mm -hmm. And then moved to studies about Jesus and his atoning life and death and resurrection. Uh, moved to studies about life in the church, and ended up with the Ten Commandments from the standpoint of Christian discipleship. Sure. And put this together in nine lessons, and uh, I offer that uh, as my God's Word to you. Maybe part of the best, uh, the best part of uh, that inst- adult instruction is the fact that I developed summaries of Bible and church history I found people were illiterate as far as the Bible is concerned, Mm -hmm. and uh, especially about church history. And so I developed these four summaries, Old Testament, New Testament, the early church, and then sweeping history of the church. And several people told me that was as important as the doctrinal study in helping them come to grips with uh, the gospel of Jesus and uh, the whole, his whole purpose in the world. Oh, absolutely. It gives wonderful background. I, um, You know, we, we spend, at seminary, we spend a fourth of our time in history, and then it seems like that just gets sort of set aside when we get to the congregation. You're right. And uh, I found that in our congregation, we'd be studying uh, the different books of the Bible and things, and I'd be giving a lot of background uh, history to sort of flesh it out, and um, and people were just fascinated by all these historical details because it gave them a much better understanding of what was really going on here, and um, and so I was I stumbled across uh, resources for Lutheran pastors by I was asking around for I was looking for a new ad, uh, adult confirmation adult instruction course 
because the one I was using I wasn't real happy with. It just was didn't go as deep as, as what I wanted to do. Yeah. And um and what I really like about God's Word for You is that number one, it's written out in paragraph form. So um what I I have people who are interested in joining the congregation but they've got families, they've got careers, they're busy, um and to ask them to to set aside uh say 14 hours over you know several months it's yeah. hard enough to find that in my schedule much less match it up with theirs yeah and with this i was able to to give it to them and say here read it and then um at your convenience at my you know when we can match up schedules we'll sit down and we'll just discuss what you've read answer questions sort of fill in any blanks that you might have and and it gave them a nice in-depth thing and it gave them something that they can hold on to and um and refer back to uh it also has the advantage that the cost of the curriculum is a one-time cost and instead of having to keep buying the books and then I also because I had so many questions um from people about history I decided you know we really don't do anything with church history after um, after Revelation, there's sort of this blank spot in most people's minds for oh about 1500 years. You get to Luther, you know, we spend and and really there's not even much uh, knowledge of the Reformation except for Martin Luther. And then after that, there's sort of this blank spot in in people's knowledge until whenever they came of age enough to uh, pay attention to what's going on in the church. So there's really, um, you can mention names like Augustine and, and Athanasius and stuff, and people yeah. are, are kind of vague. Um, maybe they've heard of them, maybe they haven't, but they right. don't know anything about them. Yeah, that, that was exactly uh, what prompted me to incorporate the summaries in the yeah, so we've actually, on Sunday mornings, uh, right now, are going through that church history section. And we've had just wonderful uh, feedback. Our um, Sunday morning Bible study attendance has about doubled from what it was the end of last year. And uh, we just had a, a really great uh, feedback. It's, it's definitely something that whoever's teaching it wants to look it over in advance and, um, you know, Make sure that that you understand the material. And you know, for me, I'm um, a bit of a history buff enough that I can sort of flush things out. And I found it also. Uh, we look at this, and, and people say, "Oh, this is kind of like what's going on right now." Or uh, we just not too long ago we were looking at the um, the section on the Muslim threat, yeah. and um, and people were comparing that to the way it is in the Middle East today and mm-hmm. everything that's going on there. And then we looked at the um, the section where we talked about the Inquisition, and they said, boy, you know, that's a lot like what the Muslims were doing. Yeah. So, and they're, they're, you know, kind of making these connections and understanding how these things have, have happened. And, it, and it, it follows a nice progression, too, so that you can see how things developed. Uh, and it's, it's not just a series of isolated events. Yeah, when I I worked these up, I uh, used my brother-in-law Bill Schmelder, who was the prof at the seminary sure. in St. Louis, 
as my uh, uh, not editor, but a a resource to look at that and uh, correct anything that needed correcting. And and he helped me get it more accurate. But he thought too, I wish I'd have had something like this when I started out in my ministry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I was just amazed when I came across it. Um, it was pointed out to me by somebody else, and I can't remember who it was, but um, I was really thankful uh, well, to find good. it. Well, thank, good. Thank you for the good comments. Yeah. Um, what else do you have available? Uh, that's that's about it. Okay. Uh, I think this has been of benefit to a number of people. Several hundred pastors are using God's Word to you, for example, now. Really? Uh and uh, anyone interested can look at my website, which is a, an abbreviation of resources for Lutheran pastors, R-E-S-L-U-T-H-P-A-S dot com. I have descriptions there of the material, samples of almost everything, and an order form and price list. It was interesting to hear you describe the way you could use a the adult instruction just as a resource book for people to look at first. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what I'm doing right now. I'm uh, the Sunday resource, uh, I call myself an interim worship pastor, for three little mountain churches up in Northern California. Mm -hmm. My wife and I do a 250-mile circuit so that I can have worship for these three churches on a Sunday. Wow. And I come up with some people who are interested in studying, and, and that's how, how I have approached it there. I give them my study book, and, and then we get together time, at times to uh, discuss the whole thing. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful, wonderful for that, that it's, it's not just an outline. It's actually fleshed out. Yeah, um, good. For, and with... People more and more being busier and busier. Um, you know, it was, it was funny. I was watching the the old cartoon, The Jetsons, a while back, and they were. He was, oh, these two-hour workdays are hor horrible and stuff. <laughs> because people used to believe that with the advance of technology, that we would have more and more free time, and it's actually been just the opposite. Yeah, you're right. And the people are just busier and busier because it hasn't decreased the workload. It's rather, it said it's increased the expectation. Oh, now you have better tools, you can do more. And so people are just, are busier all the time, and all the parents with kids in school and the school activities, and uh, I know I'm very rarely home on an evening in, in, between church meetings and yeah. kids' activities and things like that. So to have something where you can hand it to them and say, here, we don't need to set up a 14-week straight, uh, you know, one hour a week kind of thing, uh, it's just wonderful to, to have that flexibility. And to What my to wife and I are enjoying most about retirement is the evening mm -hmm. that we can spend at home together because a pastor's work, Involves evenings because that's when you can be in touch with other people. Right. So are you uh, are you working on something else? What are you uh, planning on adding more, or are you just leaving it at that and enjoying retirement? Well, semi-retirement. I 
I turned 78 years of age last Saturday, uh, so I have uh, diminishing uh, energies. Sure. But uh, I, what I am going to work on and have begun working on is uh, revising my longer look at the lessons to meet the uh, pericopic system that will be in the new hymnal that will come All out right. in 07. Yeah. So I'll be able to offer that. But otherwise, I have plenty of stuff that uh, can be helpful to pastors, and I think I'm going to just continue to make that available as long as I can. Maybe at some time I'll find someone who's interested in taking it over from me. Sure. And uh, I'll be glad to have that happen, too. So do you advertise at all, or is it just strictly word of mouth? I, uh, for a long while, sent out an annual uh, mailing to churches. Mm -hmm. And uh, in recent years, I have cut back on that because, uh, well, it just is a lot of work to get that kind of thing ready. Sure. And uh, the only advertising I do, uh, oh, I should tell you, I I tried to put some ads in... uh, the reporter for a while they accepted one and and uh, by the time the second one was due i was told that uh, concordia publishing house uh, objected to this because i was offering similar stuff to what they offer <laughs> and and they had a right to do this uh, since it's the official organ of the senate sure so uh, my advertising is is diminished I am on a couple of search engines where people can find my website, mm-hmm. uh, and that's sort of where I am. Okay. New new pastors coming out of the seminary, I I let them know about it. Other than that, uh, it, it's just what what you see is what you get. Okay. We've also um, have added links to your website at lcmspastor.com. Oh, good. Thank you. And and I will also, uh, for anyone that that didn't catch that, I will put the link in the the show notes for the show. And again, the resource is reslutpas.com. All right. I'd like to thank Pastor Bankin for his time today. And I... Wish you blessings, and I'd like to thank you for all the resources you make available. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you, Dale. And now it's time for the product product suggestion of the week. week. Here's another podcast suggestion. There's a great podcast called The Adventures of Dr. Floyd, uh, drfloyd.com. It takes sort of a Mr. Peabody's improbable history approach with an announcer right out of Rocky and Bullwinkle. There's no reason someone can't make a similar but hopefully original approach to catechesis, having a different situation each week and applying the catechism to it. Think Rocky and Bullwinkle beats Davy and Goliath. And again, I'd be happy to provide the needed bandwidth and storage for this if someone's interested. This week I'll throw out the question, PowerPoint! What is it good for? And many of you would say, absolutely nothing. But while I don't necessarily recommend its use, or at least overuse, with sermons, like any tool, it has its proper uses. And I'm also talking about compatible applications like Apple's Keynote, which is very easy to use and highly recommended. We've used it to display lyrics of songs on the back wall of the nave 
When the Sunday school or vacation Bible school classes stand up in front to sing, it can be used for visual aids in Bible class, for confirmation class diagrams to keep those displayed lyrics of songs on the back wall of the nave. When the Sunday school or vacation Bible school classes stand up in front to sing, it can be. This podcast is brought to you free of charge. That said, my wife and I are hoping to adopt an orphan or two from Ethiopia, hopefully by the end of 2006, to give them a Christian home, and are raising money to make that possible. If you would like to help make that happen, you can make a donation, purchase through our affiliate links, or send us your used inkjet cartridges. You can find more information at www.myheartsjoy.com, and while any and all help is appreciated, you're under absolutely no obligation. I'm happy to make this available to all regardless, and appreciate you listening. Next week on Lutheran Weekly, the Bible is moved from papyrus to parchment to paper to electrons. Join us for a virtual look at the Word of God through Bible software. We have an interview with David Lang of Oak Tree Software, makers of Accordance, the Cadillac of Bible software. We'll talk not only about Accordance, but about Bible software in general. So Windows users, you don't want to miss this one either. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly. Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com slash forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.